Hello, you're listening to Bricks and Mortar with Sarah Jackman. Today, I'm talking to Nina Zeilerbauer and Christine Scott from real estate recruitment firm Madison Barclay for a look at current trends in the market. Christine looks after development and construction related recruitment, while Nina looks after leasing, asset management and general recruitment roles. Good morning, both. Thank you so much for joining me this morning. Nina, I know it's the second time that you've come on this podcast. It's very much appreciated. Nina, I know we spoke first around about a year ago and we were looking and talking then about the recruitment market post-pandemic when it was very much a job seekers market. You noted then that you were seeing signing on bonuses, counter offers and firms having to move very quickly to secure talent. Tell me a little bit about the extent to which that's still the case now. It's been a very, very interesting 12 months, hasn't it? We listened to our podcast from, as you say, a year ago, and the market is, there's been such evolution and new trends. Although, interestingly, that all of the things you just mentioned have still continued to happen, i.e. candidates very, very recently, as recently as last month, are still seeing multiple offers, big rises in salaries. So those trends have continued. However, the general market, other market trends are very different. Obviously, last time we were talking, people were feeling very, very secure. I think I'd mentioned that people were leaving roles without other roles to go to because they felt very confident in the fact that they could come back into the market and and very easily find positions again. We're now in a situation where we're talking to candidates who had been looking for roles who are now saying to us, actually, it doesn't feel like a good time to be moving position and leaving my current firm. Maybe I should just put my head down and kind of hunker down and, you know, and see out some of the economic turmoil that may well be coming. At the same time, we've got such an adaptable market, which is one of the things I love about real estate. So as certain areas and you know recruitment volumes have lessened, particularly on the investment side, you know, a, a, a lot of kind of in investment led teams are putting a pause on deploying capital at the moment. We're in a what's called a price discovery moment and, and nobody wants to buy um, when they don't know what the prices may look like uh, soon. And because of that, there is a bit of a pause on investment related recruitment right now. Whereas on the other side, asset management's incredibly busy. And actually, businesses are starting to look for more senior people and more experienced people than they had been six months ago. You know, people who really can work out what's happening in a changing and evolving market with interest rates going up, values of buildings being uncertain. You know, you, you need senior people to work that through right now, as opposed to more junior people. So there are changes and things are evolving and evolving pretty quickly, actually, at the moment. I mean, we had one of our busiest months ever last month in terms of recruitment, but I do sense things are feeling slightly quieter at the moment. That very much summarises what what you're seeing on your particular side of the business. Christine, in terms of what you're seeing, I mean, does the similar sort of pattern of recruitment apply across the development and construction side? It certainly does. I mean, we our team focuses on development management, project management, and then sort of more of the technical surveying roles, so building surveying and quantity surveying. Certainly last year, we were busiest on the development management side with new developments coming through the system and, and clients were keen for good solid DMs to deliver those schemes for them. This year, we've seen a, a transition and a bit of a shift. So the roles that we are primarily being instructed on are project management roles, 
more building surveying and cost management. And that's very much sort of existing assets where clients are looking to refurbish and fit out rather than building beautiful new buildings, which is still in the pipeline. But there's just a, a balancing act happening a bit more. Building surveying is very much a focus because clients will always be looking at sort of new tenants coming in, new tenants leaving. And building surveyors are very much key to dilapidations and running surveys and things like that. And then the cost management side is purely because of inflation and costs going up and, and clients wanting good people that can analyse you know, what, they, what they probably quoted for 12 months ago. Actually, that's completely off the table now and, and costs have gone up so much that we now need to completely reconfigure and recost this scheme. So that's where we've we've certainly seen an increase in roles coming through. So, yes, definitely. And as Nina said, last month for our team was our most successful month, which is great news. And the hires have been, again, senior level people, some you know good, solid project delivery people that can come in and deliver a scheme for a client, which is really key. And then off the back of that, the building surveying and quantity surveying side, but then also a new area for us, which certainly you and I were talking about before, Sarah, is the ESG and sustainability. And that's been a key focus as well. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about that. I mean, I know we spoke a couple of weeks ago and there's definitely an uptick you're noticing in the requirements of clients wanting people with that skill set to come through into positions. I think when we were speaking, I did say we are certainly ESG and sustainability is something that I hadn't worked on previously. And I do know there are businesses that will have core sustainability social governance teams that focus purely on those types of roles and it and also it doesn't just sit with real estate either but we've started to get more involved off the back of development roles that we were working on last year where clients would say we're looking for a dm with with a real interest and understanding or want to do something different in terms of sustainability they're the type of candidates we're looking to hire and then off the back of that and for existing clients that we've worked with, we've been instructed on a number of different head of sustainability roles. A lot of the developers we're working with are coming to us to give us various different opportunities within that arena. So that's something that we're now continuing to grow our our contact base in. And it's been quite a, a transition, really. And, and we're seeing quite a, a lot of roles as well coming in through the consultancy side. So your sort of advisors are looking to bolster that team because they've got clients that are having to now report back in, in a much more detailed fashion on buildings and how they're going to deliver the sustainability agenda moving forward, basically. Yeah. And are you sensing that there are sufficient candidates within the market that do have that skill set? Well, <laughs> very good question. And no, not at the moment, I think is the answer. Well, what is really interesting, I think there is the interest level in particularly yeah. the TikTok generation, I guess they're called. Yeah. Um, but yeah. in the new, you know, new candidates coming into the market for the first time, you know, certainly on our side of the business, I, you know, I'm having conversations with people I didn't have two years ago mm. when they're saying, you know, I'm, I'm coming into real estate and I want to use my education and my skill set to have a positive impact. So whether that's, you know, in a sustainability role or working on, you know, from a development side or asset management side, working on re projects, yeah. 
that have a positive impact on the communities around them. And it's, you know, it's a really big thing, I think, for the people coming through. So there's there's a huge interest, I feel a real groundswell yeah. of interest in these type of roles, whether there is a huge groundswell of skill set or acquired skill set in these roles yet I think the answer is probably no um, but what do you think Christine? I mean it's interesting because I think that the more junior candidates that are coming through they might have a degree in sciences or environmental and they're able to use degree within real estate whereas before you know they, they would all have real estate focused degrees they'd have a degree in construction management or project management or QSing or on your side Estates management or investment, yeah. exactly. So I think what's quite interesting is we're seeing candidates coming through from really a completely different angle that we're now talking to to continue their interest within real estate specifically. So I think that's that's quite interesting in itself. And actually, the clients that we've hired for, they have said to us on on a couple of different instructions, we do want somebody with much more of a technical understanding of what we do need to do rather than have somebody that has got that foundation in real estate with a view that they're interested. So that's I think that's opened up a few more avenues that probably wouldn't have been there previously. So I think that's really positive. Which is also helping to increase diversity yeah, in the industry. Absolutely. I mean, that's one of the big kind of problems within real estate yeah. is, is, is how to increase diversity within the industry. And it's very hard when traditionally you have only ever been able to enter the sector with a very small specific. and specific type of degree. Whereas now, because of this rise in sustainability and ESG, you can come from quite different backgrounds yeah, yeah. into real estate, which is great, actually. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, again, with the with the real estate industry, the, the opportunity to attract these candidates is, is certainly there with these types of roles. But there is a gap, <laughs> as always. So where we're seeing most of the candidates are sort of probably two, three years experience, which is fairly junior. And then we've seen... At sort of that head of sustainability level, there is quite um, a good candidate base at that level, but that middle bit is missing. Is missing. That's the challenge. ESG, then, one sort of notable trend that you're picking up on at the moment. How do you expect that the next six months might start to shape up? Such a good question. I wish we had a crystal ball. Yeah. <laughs> Just pre summer, we were working with private equity um, companies who'd raised, as we touched on in our last podcast, who'd raised a lot of capital. So there was a lot of money to be spent on real estate assets across the UK and Europe. We got to circa June, July, and because of rising interest rates on the horizon, a lot of those type of firms started to talk about putting a bit of a, you know, pausing for the summer. Um, and a lot of our clients said, OK, we're really going to take a breather in August. And people had longer holidays this year, certainly than last year. So the, the market, particularly on the investment side of things, was exceptionally quiet this summer with people saying, well, we're going to come back in September and set strategy then. And a, a couple of very senior people I knew in the industry had, had kind of laughingly said to me, I don't know why everyone thinks things will all have settled down in September, because I'm pretty sure we won't know what's happening with interest rates, Ukraine, supply, demand and the government um, in a month's time. And, and lo and behold, we got to September and all of those firms said, I think actually we're going to reassess in January now. <laughs> so I think it's it's very difficult because it, there's such a lot of volatility at the moment. So it's very difficult for businesses to plan for the next six months. And, and that feeds into recruitment. Uh, you know, do people just 
decide they want to take on senior people and you know significantly increase their headcount? Do they, in some cases, think actually we do have too many people on board? And in fact, I'm speaking to a couple of companies at the moment where they do have teams that feel a bit over-resourced right now. However, they keep those people, redeploy them into doing perhaps more asset management work at the moment, because what they don't want to do is suddenly find themselves very, very understaffed when the price discovery period ends. We know what prices are. And actually, those firms who are sitting on a lot of capital, not reliant on too much debt, suddenly want to spend and spend a lot. And if they have got rid of some of their investment professionals or their analysts, it's going to make things exceptionally difficult for them. So I think, yeah, at the moment, I see some teams being a little bit less busy than they have been for a while. And perhaps people are sitting in those roles feeling worried about their future or just under challenge themselves. But actually, if, if they're with the right firm and they sit tight, I think there will be a very busy investment period coming up. I think there was one senior person in real estate recently who said this, we're entering a time when the UK is going to be offering the best buying opportunity for cash rich investors in a decade. But we're not there yet. <laughs> so we'll just and have think, to see. And I think clients, as you've said, I think they want to hold on to good people. They will need those good people. And equally, as Nina says, if, if they're in a good, strong position and they are cash rich, there are opportunities there. And the last thing they want to do is be in a position in, I don't know, six months time where they might have lost somebody because things are a little bit slower at the moment. And then they're going to need some really good resource when they are needing to ramp up. So I think they're probably looking after those good people, yeah. I would suggest. And I think on the asset management side, which is what we're seeing now, we're, we're really busy and yeah. right now in terms of asset management roles. And it makes sense because, that, you know, interest rates are going up. Companies are looking at that, you know, really good, well-performing assets. You know, they might have fully leased buildings with long-term tenants, you know, and everything was looking rosy until suddenly the interest rates have doubled, tripled. Uh, and then they're in, in a slight danger of breaching their loan to value covenant. So they need to really work to kind of rework those assets and really communicate with their lenders as well. And again, that, that takes a certain level of experience and credibility. And it's experienced people who can do that. Um, so we're certainly seeing a market for less junior level recruitment and more kind of mid-tier to senior um, as businesses start to think, well, actually, we need people who've, who've been through a tough time before. One thing I did want to just follow up on, I know when we spoke last year, people were coming to you and they had quite a list of requirements in terms of wanting to work remotely, possibly flexibly, part-time was was featuring as well. Is that still a feature and, and do you expect that to continue? It's quite interesting, actually, because I think our conversations now with candidates is different that flexibility part will always come up. Also from our perspective is as well to understand candidates' expectations and what they're looking for. And I think at the moment, it seems certainly on, on my side, there does tend to be a sort of two slash three days. So three days in the office, two days at home. And that does seem to have calmed. And that's what seems to be a bit more of the norm, certainly on my side. It is quite interesting though, because whether as the market does tighten up, whether that will continue to be on offer. Do you get a sense that it's starting to shift then? I'm not seeing that yet. 
I'm not seeing a shift in terms of candidates' expectations. I think candidates are very much still looking for the, the majority. We are generalising here, but the majority yeah. are looking for a hybrid model at the moment. And some of our clients, perhaps over the last six months, who haven't necessarily embraced that flexibility, have felt they've had to in order to retrain, retain people and in order to attract people. What we don't know an employer-driven market, I believe, is on the horizon. Um, we're not there yet, but I think it is coming and it is on the horizon. And what will be interesting is if when we shift to that type of market, I think, you know, will employers start to ask their employees to come back on a more regular basis? And I think that really depends on how they measure productivity, you know, and, and because productivity of their teams is, is going to be very, very important in a you know a less rosy looking economic situation. It's really down to whether businesses feel their employees are as productive or even more productive sometimes at home, or is there a bit of a drive to get them back into the office purely through personal choice? I am back in the office in central London five days a week at the moment, and I think very recently, and I'm talking in the last two to three weeks, which I think does tie in with some of the kind of political turmoil we've experienced recently, you know, fall of the pound and rapid rise in interest rates. I have felt that Mondays and Fridays are suddenly a lot busier than they were prior to that. And I, I don't know, but I do wonder, are people starting to think, OK, the, the economic situation is a little bit less favourable. Do I want my boss to see my face and know who I am? Potentially, yes. And also, I think just generally since September, I think London has been an interesting place and some days, and it wasn't that consistent, was it? Some days would be busier than others and it would just be a bit hit and miss. Certainly since September, I do feel back to a bit more normality, really. Tuesdays, Wednesdays and Thursdays, definitely. Yeah. I think Mondays and Fridays were really, you know, did feel very quiet, Yeah. but all of a sudden but they changed. <laughs> Well, thank you both so much for providing what I think was a, a really interesting roundup of, of where we are currently. It sounds like there could potentially be another date we should pencil in next year and um, perhaps have a catch up again then. But for now, that, that was a really good roundup. Thank you both so much indeed for joining me this morning. And Christine, actually, before, before we close, you were given a highly commended at an award ceremony last week and we ought to just make a quick mention of that tell, tell our listeners a little bit about what happened last week <laughs> thank you yes so uh, last week I achieved highly commended for business in excellence at the inspiring women in construction and engineering event which was you can't you can't tell because this is a podcast but Christine is blushing at the moment because she doesn't, <laughs> doesn't like to take credit for things and um, that we're very very proud of her and it's great to have her recognized in the industry in this way and great um, for recruitment to be recognized as well because we do make a difference fantastic well thank you so much thank, thank you Sarah you. thank you nice talking that was Bricks and Mortar from EG with Sarah Jackman. For more on developing a career in real estate, see the archive of the Bricks and Mortar series at podbean.com and the EGI archive at egi.co.uk.